Five Senate Republicans play the willing suckers for Joe Biden's big infrastructure plan, and Biden continues to frighten everyone with bizarre public performances as Kamala Harris waits in the wings. Literally. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy today at expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, your reminder, if you're a responsible human, you need to make sure that your family has life insurance against your life. God forbid you're walking down the street, you get hit by a bus. It's going to be terrible for your family on an emotional level, obviously, but also they're going to lose your stream of income. You need to make sure that doesn't happen. Every responsible person with dependents needs life insurance. The best place to get it at the best available price, Policy Genius, because Policy Genius helps you shop life insurance policies competitively, not just via word of mouth or something. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare quotes from over a dozen top insurers all in one place. Why compare? Well, you could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. You could save 1300 bucks or more per year on life insurance by using Policy Genius to compare policies. The licensed experts at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance companies, so you can trust them to help you navigate every step of the shopping and buying process. That kind of service has earned Policy Genius an excellent rating on Trustpilot. Getting started, super simple. First, head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Again, that's www.policygenius.com slash Shapiro. In minutes, you can work out how much life insurance coverage you need. Compare personalized quotes. Find your best price. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Get started right now. Policy Genius. When it comes to insurance, it's nice and very important to get it right. Okay, so yesterday afternoon, Joe Biden came out and announced a deal had been reached on infrastructure. Yay! Okay, so First of all, let me just note, America's infrastructure is not in serious trouble. The notion that America's infrastructure is just awful and bad in every way, and it's just horrifying, it's not true. The vast majority of America's roads and bridges are pretty okay. And the vast majority of the ones that are really not doing well are ones that are in particular states, which means they really should be state costs, not federal costs. Like the notion that we have much worse infrastructure than anywhere else on earth, or that we really need to pour like a trillion dollars, minimum $2 trillion into infrastructure is just not correct. But this has become sort of the go-to. Whenever you are a member of government and you just want to blow money into things, all you do is you just say infrastructure because this is something people on a basic level understand, right? We all sort of understand that the government has a hand in building roads, for example, because the roads connect all sorts of different communities. And so you want the government to shoulder the cost of what is in effect, a non-excludable, non-rivalrous good, right? We all sort of get that the roads are, at the very least, a public good, right? Something that government does. We, we understand that the government helping to foment the, the placing of broadband even is something that, that benefits a lot of Americans. Although if you just deregulate it, the truth is a lot of these companies can pay for it themselves. But we all sort of get the idea that the government should be involved to a certain extent in the infrastructure project because public goods are typically, again, non-excludable, non-rivalrous goods in which private people sometimes can't agree. Okay, so does that mean that the federal government needs to spend hundreds of billions of dollars right now on this stuff in the middle of a giant inflationary spiral in which we have a shortage of materials and a shortage of labor? Of course not. Of course not. But this has become Joe Biden's big bipartisan push because he figures that if he can get Republicans on board for infrastructure, then he can pretend that he is a bipartisan president when in fact he's an extremely partisan president. Now, they already passed fairly recently, a bipartisan bill that was supposed to send a bunch of money toward quote-unquote research and development directed at fighting against China. And it passed with wide bipartisan support, even though, again, it is a giant pork bill. So there's another giant pork bill. Now, Republicans, if they had any brains, would be like, nope, not interested, right? Because the reality is that you aren't going to spend a lot more money than, than we would like you to spend. And if you're going to do that, you can do that on your own. Like, truly, if you just want to blow out the deficit for no appreciable gain, then you can just do that on your own. Right, Make you use reconciliation for it. And if you want to break the filibuster, then you're going to have to do it through the budget process because you only have two or maybe three of those per year. Waste a bullet on, on this infrastructure package and let you own it. But no, we have to have the quote-unquote moderate wing of the Republican Party, including people like Susan Collins and Mitt Romney, who decide that it's important to lend bipartisan cover to Joe Biden. Now, here's the thing. They are being played. They're obviously being played. I'll explain how in just one minute. So according to the New York Times, President Biden struck an infrastructure deal on Thursday with a bipartisan group of senators signing on to their plan to provide about $579 billion in new investments in roads, broadband internet, electric utilities, and other projects in hopes of moving a crucial, crucial piece of his economic agenda through Congress. Biden's endorsement marked a breakthrough in his efforts to forge an infrastructure compromise. But here's the thing. It was far from a guarantee the package would be enacted. 
Both the president and top Democrats say the plan, which constitutes a fraction of the $4 trillion economic proposal Biden has put forth, can only move together with a much larger package of spending and tax increases. Democrats are planning to try to push through Congress unilaterally over the opposition of Republicans. So here is what Biden is doing. And this is why these Republicans are just dolts. What he is doing is he's bifurcating this package. He's saying, what if we pass this part here with bipartisan support, but I'm only going to sign the bipartisan part if you guys allow me to vote on and sign this giant other package. Okay, well, that's the same thing as just putting it all in the same package. What are you talking about? Okay, so in other words, he's going to get pretty much what he wants and he's going to get the veil of bipartisanship at the same time. So here is Joe Biden announcing we have a deal. We had a uh, really good meeting and answer a direct question, we have a deal. And uh, I think it's really important. We've all agreed that uh, none of us got what we all that we wanted. I clearly didn't get all I wanted. They gave more than I think maybe they were inclined to give in the first place. But this reminds me of the days we used to get an awful lot done up in the United States Congress. We actually worked with them. We had bipartisan deals. <laughs> we got a bipartisan deal, except they didn't get a bipartisan deal, as we'll explain in just a minute. Now, Biden is using this. He, he, again, to pretend that he is a bipartisan president with wide public support. He is not. He's got 52% public approval rating right now. Okay, now, that is pretty much the exact same percentage of the popular vote that he won last time around. Right? Of the popular vote, he won like 51, 52%. He has not increased that. He has not decreased that. It's a pretty hard base of support, but it's also a hard level of support on the ceiling. So as things start to accrue, you know, as the crime rates continue to remain high, as the economy continues to flounder more than it is soaring, as all of that happens, he's likely to feel some economic pain from this, some, some sort of popular pain from that. But Republicans are providing him cover for no appreciable gain. It makes no sense at all. Here is Biden, however, saying, I'm not going it alone. I'm not doing I, I don't have to go alone anymore. I know there are some of my party who discouraged me from seeking an agreement with our Republican colleagues who said that we should go bigger and go alone. To them, I say this. I've already shown in my young presidency that I'm prepared to do whatever needs to get done to move the country forward. That's what I did with the American Rescue Plan, which is $1.9 trillion. Let me say this. When we, can't, when we can find common ground, though, working across party lines, that is what I will seek to do. Except he's not looking for common ground, as we'll see. What he's looking for is the veil of bipartisanship so he can ram through 95% of what he wants. We'll get to that in just one second first. Let's talk about the fact that you really don't want to go to the auto parts store because he wants to go to the auto parts store. You're going to stand in line for a while. Then finally, you'll get to the front of the line and some attendant's going to ask you a bunch of specific questions. You'll have to go back out, look at your car, give him the answer. And then he'll be like, oh, yeah, we don't have that part in stock. So what, how, would you like me to order that online for you? It'll arrive in two weeks with an upcharge. Or you could just go directly to the Internet and cut out all the middlemen. RockAuto.com. They always offer the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same exact parts? They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, write Shapiro in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Again, there really is no reason to go to an auto parts store pretty much ever again. Just go to rockauto.com right now and get the parts you need to make your auto move the way it is supposed to. rockauto.com right now and write Shapiro in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Okay, so Mitt Romney playing the willing dupe. As per his usual arrangement, here is the senator from Utah announcing how happy he is with this bipartisan compromise. One of the big surprises I had coming to Washington was the sense that uh, while everybody was fighting with each other, you know what, we get along really well. This group gets along very well. My colleagues in the Senate, we work together. And it's been years and years, people have been talking about the infrastructure needs of our country. We know that. We recognize the crumbling in infrastructure. And this group came together and actually got a job done. Oh, my God. Look what we got a job. Except you didn't. You didn't. Quote from The New York Times. On Capitol Hill, Democrats signaled their openness to accepting the initial details of the agreement, provided that their moderate colleagues accept a second, much larger reconciliation package. So, in other words, we will definitely sign on to this compromise package, so long as you also accept this giant pile of manure that we've got right here for you that we're going to hit you in the face with. It really is an amazing thing. And so, so, and by the way, this is Joe Biden agreeing with this plan. Right, so Joe Biden is like, we came to a compromise. And then with one hand, he's like, here's the compromise. And with the other hand, 
See, and here, right here, what's in this hand? Boom, and he hits him with the other hand. Now, in a really strong punch, there's not a lot of power behind Joe Biden's punch at this point. But at the same, I mean, here's Joe Biden saying, I support Nancy Pelosi's plan to hold the bipartisan infrastructure bill hostage until the Senate passes a big reconciliation bill. Right here he is saying that I'm going to, I'm not going to sign this bill alone. Now, normally when you say I've reached a compromise with somebody, like if you've ever done a contract negotiation with somebody else, you do the contract negotiation, you finally come to some sort of agreement, everybody breaks out the wine and cigars and you're lighting up. And then if somebody in the room says, oh yeah, by the way, I'm not signing that unless you also sign this agreement that pays me X dollars, that's not an agreement. Okay, so to pretend this is an agreement, a triumphant moment of bipartisanship is a lie. Here is Joe Biden pretty much making the lie clear. Do you support Madam Speaker Pelosi's stated plan to hold the bipartisan deal in the House until the Senate also passes reconciliation? Do you support that sequencing on her part? Yes. The bipartisan bill from the very beginning was understood there's going to have to be the second part of it. Not just signing the bipartisan bill and forgetting about the rest I, that I proposed. I propose a significant piece of legislation in three parts. And all, all, all three parts are equally important. Okay, so in other words, all three parts are equally important. I put all the stuff that Republicans are okay with in one part so we can pretend they agree with it. And then I'm going to ram through the other two pieces of the agreement that they don't agree with, right? So pretty amazing stuff. Now, here's the reality. Joe Biden is not the president of this particular process. Joe Manchin is the president of this particular process. So here is Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia, who is signaling, well, I'm not so sure about this whole Nancy Pelosi, let's hold the, the bill hostage idea. To say that one's being held hostage to the other doesn't seem to be fair to me, but they're going to make those decisions. But we have to see what's in the other plan before I can say, oh, yes, you vote for this and I'll vote for that. That's not what I have signed up for. Okay, so maybe Joe Manchin doesn't go along with what Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi are, are planning here. Okay, that's that's really the only holdup. Maybe Mitt Romney and Susan Collins, maybe to their credit, maybe they think that they can rely on Joe Manchin to be the man in the gap here. And Joe Manchin is going to be like, no, we're going to pass this bipartisan compromise bill on its own. And also, I'm not going to kill the filibuster or vote for this particular bill if it if the reconciliation project process is used in order to ram it through. Maybe they're counting on Joe Manchin. Let me just say, I don't think that that is a particularly wise move. Instead, it looks much more like Joe Biden gets 99% of what he wants. Plus, he gets this patina of Republican of, of Republican bipartisan notions to, to go along with it. So Allah Pundit over at Hot Air writes about this. He says, if the GOP had managed to negotiate Biden down to a much less expensive infrastructure bill with no tax hikes, that might be a worthy compromise. But they haven't. There are two parts to the Democrats' infrastructure plan. One, a bipartisan bill that deals with roads and bridges, and the other, a party-line reconciliation bill that covers, quote-unquote, human infrastructure like climate change, spending, paid leave, and so on. Spending that doesn't end up in the bipartisan bill will likely just be lateraled over to the reconciliation bill, which means Republicans aren't achieving much in terms of spending. Essentially, they're pressing on one end of a water balloon, shrinking that end, but causing the other end to swell as the water is displaced. The volume of the balloon is the same, whether they're pressing or not, it's purely a matter of distribution. And frankly, if that's the case, maybe Republicans should have done the opposite of what they did, arguing to put more money into the true roads and bridges infrastructure component and thereby hopefully shrinking the human infrastructure reconciliation bill. That would have been risky because Democrats could pass that human infrastructure bill, irrespective of how big the true infrastructure bill gets. But maybe if the latter were bigger, Manchin would get nervous about blowout spending and be more inclined to shrink the other component. Now, Biden and Pelosi are both nervous about being double-crossed by Manchin, who's been dogged about trying to compromise with Republicans. So today, both the president and speaker issued an ultimatum. Unless and until both bills pass the Senate, they won't even move on the bipartisan bill. So they're basically saying to Manchin, we're not even going to vote in the House on the bipartisan bill that Joe Biden just endorsed until you vote using reconciliation processes for these other blowout spending bills. So essentially, you're going to hold that roads and bridges bill hostage in order to make sure that Manchin does what they want on the giant spending bill. Well, except here's the problem. Manchin was asked about Pelosi's strategy. He says there's going to be a reconciliation bill. We just don't know what size it's going to be. Manchin also said he was open to a reconciliation bill that changes the 2017 GOP tax law to raise taxes to pay for new spending programs. He said reconciliation is inevitable because of Republican opposition to raising taxes, and he's open to it. He said if it's, it's the only strategy we have, this two-track, he says reconciliation is inevitable. So maybe he's able to shrink it a little bit, but maybe Manchin, again, this just shows you that if Joe Manchin caucuses with the Democrats, he is still a Democrat. And so you can count on Joe Manchin for one thing and one thing only, and that is not ending the filibuster for non-reconciliation bills. But for reconciliation bills, mainly a reconciliation bill is defined as a budget bill, basically. 
for any budget bill, which is spending and taxation bill, he will just go along with the Democrats, which means Republicans got nothing here. It means that depending on which way Manchin goes, Mitt Romney and Susan Collins and the rest of these jokers got played. So Manchin is the obvious winner. He now gets to claim that he forged a bipartisan deal and Biden gets to claim that he forged a bipartisan deal. Republicans get nothing. Republicans get get nothing. Okay, so it's just, it's it's an amazing failure by these Republicans like Mitt Romney. Again, there, there is a an aspect of conservatism that is institutionalist in, in structure, right? These, this sort of the John Roberts constitutionalism in which John Roberts suggests that the key role that he plays on the Supreme Court, to take an example of this sort of conservatism, is to uphold the vigor and, and the durability of the institution. And it doesn't matter if I rule against the Constitution. It doesn't matter if I have to rewrite Obamacare in order to make it comply with the Constitution. It doesn't matter if I am constantly forging 9-0 unanimous votes that are far smaller in scope in protecting American rights than a 6-3 majority decision would be. John Roberts has upheld the institution. And you get the same thing here from Mitt Romney. Now, there is something to upholding the institution, right? You want to uphold the institution of the filibuster even when you're in control. This is what Mitch McConnell was saying. He was saying, if you get rid of the filibuster here, then when Democrats take control, you're really going to regret it. And I think he is right about that. But what Mitt Romney is doing is beyond that. What Romney and Collins are doing is they're saying, it is so important that the American people think that we can forge compromise here, that I will, I will provide the lie that compromise was actually had here, even when it wasn't, so that you think, the American people, that the Senate can work. Now, here's the thing. When it comes to actual popular policy, the Senate does actually vote overwhelmingly. You'll remember that just last week, the Senate voted 100 nothing to make Juneteenth a national holiday, for example. You'll remember that, again, there was a bipartisan bill that went forward to spend some hundreds of billions of dollars on research and development, supposedly. They're basically going to be just subsidies to particular friends of the government to, to fight Chinese innovation. And so it's not that bipartisanship is dead. It's that you have to be a not moron. But unfortunately, there are too many Republicans who want to appear back home. Like, I understand Susan Collins. I really do. Susan Collins is from Maine. Right? Maine is a purple, a purple to blue state. I understand why Susan Collins is doing it. Mitt Romney is from the reddest state in America outside of West Virginia. Utah is an extremely red state. There is no reason why Mitt Romney has to sign on to a bill like this. Mike Lee isn't. He's from the same exact state. There's no reason why Mitt Romney feels he should have to forge compromise in this way. But for some reason, again, this, this goes to Mitt Romney's perception of himself. And so much of politics really is how politicians perceive themselves. Mitt Romney perceives himself as a, as a deal maker and a person who brings people together in the same way that John McCain used to perceive himself this way, right? You, you want to be part of that gang of eight or that gang of 10 or that gang of four, whatever the gang is, because this means you're a very important person, a person who gets things done. What if the goal of checks and balances is to prevent things from getting done, however? What if we need to completely shift our mindset with regard to why are we bothering to get things done if they are bad things? And let's face it, in the end, what Joe Biden is relying on to do what he wants to do here is the, the basic fist inside the velvet glove, which is the possibility of just killing the filibuster altogether, right? Is that he, Joe Biden is figuring that at a certain point, Manchin is going to cave one way or another, or cinema is going to cave one way or another. Or maybe if he can just castigate Republicans enough, they'll kill the filibuster. Bill Clinton, I mean, it's amazing how far the Democratic Party has moved. Bill Clinton's presidency was successful entirely because of bipartisan compromise. Bill Clinton's first couple of years, he had a Democratic Congress, and he was an awful failure. He tried to pass Hillary Care, it bombed. He raised capital gains taxes, he raised, he raised income taxes, and by 1994, Republicans had won back Congress for the first time in like 30 years. So Bill Clinton's rest of his presidency was negotiating with Newt Gingrich in order to do things for the American people, like welfare reform, like a 1994 crime bill that actually were effective on behalf of the American people. Right? This is, and now you have Bill Clinton and he has revised his opinion. Now the filibuster must be murdered. I understand the president's reluctant to get rid of it altogether. And I sympathize with Joe Manchin, who's trying to, you know, stand up for the right thing and represent people that voted more than two to one for President Trump. But I think when it comes to preserving democracy, you know, I would suspend the filibuster because I think it's essential. I don't think that we should be in the business of going backwards in trying to drive down voting rights. I think we need to expand it. Okay, so again, in the end, it's pure power politics for these Democrats who don't fall for the bipartisan trap. It's, it, it, is, it remains a source of amazement to me that so many Republicans are willing to fall for this sort of stuff. They, they, Romney's getting played. 
Collins is getting played and they're getting nothing out of this. They're getting nothing out of this. Now, meanwhile, all they really have to do is just stand there. That's all they have to do because Joe Biden is not with us. Hey, Joe Biden is not a strong president. He is, in fact, a very weak president. What he is capable of getting done under these circumstances, are it's very limited. Because let's face it, Joe Manchin is not upholding the filibuster because he is a nice guy. Joe Manchin is upholding the filibuster because he is a blue state senator from a red state. Because he is a Democrat in a state that, that Donald Trump won by, I believe, 39 points in the last election cycle. Kristen Sinema is not, I think, congenitally predisposed to loving the filibuster. She just recognizes that she's got John McCain's old seat, basically, in Arizona, a very purple state with a, with a red governor and a, and a red legislature. And so she, I think, properly and understandably knows where her bread is buttered. So with that said, Joe Biden can't get a lot done here. So why are Republicans helping him to get things done here? Why? He's going to do it anyway. Make him own it. If he's going to do it anyway, make him own it. I don't understand for the life of me what Mitt Romney and Susan Collins think that the Republican Party, broadly speaking, gets out of it. Now, the reality is that this, because of the Democrats trying to, the Democrats trying to link these two things, that they're only going to vote on the bipartisan deal if they also get to ram through this reconciliation bill. Because of that, I think that this thing will probably get filibustered anyway. Remember, you need 60 votes to overcome the filibuster. Getting five Republicans ain't enough. You need 10 Republicans to kill the filibuster. Where are they going to get those other five Republicans who go forward with the vote on the bipartisan infrastructure plan if they're simultaneously linking it with a piece of legislation that they're going to ram through in a 50-50 vote with one extra ding from, from Kamala Harris, who is sitting as the, as the presiding officer in the Senate. So I think all the talk about bipartisanship is a, a little bit too early. I don't think this is going to actually go to a bipartisan vote on this particular bill. And, I, and you watch, the media will then call the Republicans obstructionist. They'll then say it's the Republicans' fault. So Republicans lose on both ends. They give Joe Biden the veneer of bipartisanship, and then they themselves are called partisan when they obstruct the bill because it turns out that Joe Biden has already linked it to another bill that is, in fact, not bipartisan. That is the stupid, play stupid games, win stupid prizes for the Republican Party. Okay, in just a second, we're going to get to our non-sentient president and Kamala Harris waiting in the wings. First, let us talk about the fact that you, as a company, constantly need better employees. You do. You need great employees. If you're a business owner who's hiring, you probably face a lot of challenges when it comes to finding the right person for your role. That's why hiring can feel like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you could post your job to some job board, then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to over 100 top job sites with just one click. Then ZipRecruiter, their matching technology will find people with the right skills and experience for your job and actively invite them to apply. In fact, ZipRecruiter is so effective, Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within day one. It's no wonder over 2.3 million businesses have come to ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. So while other companies are going to overwhelm you with way too many options, ZipRecruiter helps you find the diamond in the rough. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. Once again, remember, go to this unique place, ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y. W-I-R-E, ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. Okay, meanwhile, Joe Biden, just, I, I, I don't know what to say about this anymore other than Joe Biden is, he's a crazy person, guys. He's a crazy person. He's addled. He's not with us. He's crazy. There's a reason why you don't see clips regularly of Joe Biden being played in the media. Instead, they'll, they'll sort of print what he says, right? You see it in the print, but you'll never see these clips circulating anywhere, but sort of oppo, Sources, right? You'll see it. You'll hear it on my show. You'll you'll see it on Fox News. You're never going to see this clip of Joe Biden blasted out. I mean, this is a live press conference, so they sort of got it, but you're not going to see it repeated. Okay, so this is a live press conference yesterday at the White House, and uh, and here's the President of the United States being like, "This is so weird. He's just a weird old dude, man." I mean, like, this is all right. Here we go. I got them one point nine trillion dollars relief so far. They're going to be getting checks in the mail that are consequential this week. I wrote the bill on the environment. Pay them more. This is an employee's, employee's bargaining chip now. What's happening? Um, okay, put aside what he's saying, which is insanely stupid. I mean, what he's actually saying there is that if you want people to come back to work, you have to pay them more because the government is paying them to stay home and somehow this is good for the economy. And then he says inflation is not the predictable result, which is stupid. Okay, so put aside the content. 
Why is he channeling the clown from it? I just don't understand. Why? Because he's not with us, gang. Because he's a weird old man. He's like, Georgie, would you like your boat back? It's worth $1.9 trillion. Pay your employees more, Georgie. Come down and here's a balloon. Hey, what <laughs> F is going on? What's going I'm, I'll be honest. That's like, if you have nightmares at night about monsters hiding under your bed, that's the voice right there. That That's what's going on. Okay, and then he just says, like, addled things all the time. He just says addled things all the time. So he he was asked, uh, so he, he finishes a press conference yesterday, and there's this horrifying situation in Surfside, Florida. And and our prayers go out to the, the folks over in Surfside. There's been this this horrifying condo collapse in, in Surfside, like half the building collapsed. It appears likely that there were structural defects in the building that were revealed over time as maybe the building was sinking into the ground because it was built on the beach. Very scary stuff. 100 people missing. Really tragic. And, and by the way, just going to put this out there for, for folks who do want to give, there is a there is a website that has been set up by one of the big synagogues over there where you can give money to help out the families of the of the people who are suffering. Uh, it's at, uh, I'll give you the, the website. It's uh, thechesedfund.com, V-C-H-E-S-E-D-F-U-N-D.com slash shul of, Bell, of Ball Harbor, S-H-U-L-O-F-B-A-L-H-A-R-B-O-U-R slash Miami tragedy. And it's a long web address, but uh, they're trying to raise like a million bucks for, for the people who are suffering from that tragedy. In any case, Joe Biden finishes his press conference yesterday and he just um, starts wandering out of the room and Kamala Harris has to remind him that this thing happened. And he's just like, oh my gosh, it's so awkward. Here we go. Will you travel to Florida, sir? Can we ask you about Florida, what you've learned? Oh, yes, I apologize. Yes, thank you, my president. Okay, and he just starts laughing at himself and forget It's just... It's so awkward to watch. He's still my president, right? He's your president too. It's it's um, it is awkward to watch. I mean, just a couple of days ago, he threatened to nuke Americans. So there was there was that. He also said yesterday that if he had his way, there would be no private contributions to campaigns at all. All campaigns would be publicly funded. What in the actual what? What? Okay, here we go. There's a lot of ancillary pieces of this legislation I strongly support. I strongly support the idea that there's no. And there's no, uh, pri- if I had my way, there'd be no private contributions to see who gets elected, uh, how, how much money you raise. No private contributions to political candidates. Okay, what he's talking about there is the supposed voting rights bill that sets up public funding for candidates. So your taxpayer dollars should go to Joe Biden to run for office. This is what he would prefer. That's good. Also, he's been using the term Latinx, which is a good indicator that you've never met a Latino or Latina person. Right? Because there's not a single Latino person on planet Earth who calls themselves Latinx. It's only a bunch of upper crust white idiots who took critical race theory studies who, who think that Latinx is an actual term that is used. Uh, by the way, the, you know the origin of Latinx, right? La- Latinx is because, is because Spanish is a gendered language. Okay, and Latino is for males and Latina is for females. And so we wouldn't want to say Latino because we wouldn't want to say Latinos because that inevitably includes women. What? So instead they set up Latinx. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's unbelievably dumb. Okay, Hebrew is also a gendered language, right? When you say, for example, people, the word in Hebrew for, for people is anashim. Okay, the, the suffix in English would be Y-M, but it's Yud-Mem. The suffix im is for males, but it includes females. Just as when in English you say human, it includes the word man and not woman. Right? when you say mankind, it includes man, but, but it includes women. So now we are going to do this with foreign languages. This is the stupidest thing I've... He, here he is, being an idiot. There's a reason why it's been harder to get African-Americans initially to get vaccinated. Because they used to be an experiment on. The Tuskegee Airmen and others. People have memories. People have long memories. It's awful hard as well to get Latinx vaccinated as well. Why? They're worried that they'll be vaccinated and deported. That, um, what? Okay, so first of all, what he's saying there, right there, is that the, um, the, um, hmm, what, hmm, what he is saying there is, like, racist. 
right? He's saying that the reason that la the Latino people are not getting vaccinated is because they're all afraid they're going to get deported. Now, 18% of the American population is Latino. I'm fairly certain the vast majority of those people are not illegal immigrants and are not afraid of being deported. So no on that. And also, I fail to understand how it is good logic that because between 1932 and 1972, there were Tuskegee experiments, racist experiments that were conducted to that allowed essentially the, the syphilis to grow in black people to see how it was going to affect their minds. I failed to see how an experiment that was first conducted in 1932 is a good excuse for not getting a vaccine in 2021. Nonetheless, the um, it, it's it's weird. It's it's a weird thing. Also, I, I like how he calls it the Tuskegee Airmen experiment. Uh, no, that no, those are two separate things. <laughs> those are two separate things. Okay, the Tuskegee experiment was a cruel and vicious racist policy. Tuskegee Airmen were the black men who flew in jet fighters, who flew in fighters during World War II. Not the same thing. He is not with us. Well, the good news is that we at least have Kamala Harris waiting in the wings, literally in the wings. So yesterday, during this uh, bipartisan press conference, things got really, really awkward. We'll get to that in just one second. First, you need to keep your family safe and secure. And a lot of us have guns, right? We all believe in the Second Amendment around here. But it's not just having a gun. It's also being able to protect yourself using things like body armor that is really, really important. Well, this is why you need AR-500 armor. They've got loadouts designed for everyone, whether you need a concealable vest for daily use, a plate carrier for the range, or a fully equipped setup for the worst case scenario. Our friends at AR-500 Armor have made buying body armor easy, approachable, and affordable. If you're unsure what type of armor you need, or you just need some pointers based on your needs, they have you covered. AR-500 Armor has multiple packages pre-built for people just like you, simplifies the entire process of purchasing armor. They have their Independence Day sale going on right now. You can have your order before the 4th of July. These sales are up to 50% off select products, so go get them while they last. They have rifle-rated bundles starting as low as 99 bucks. They also share your values. I know the folks at AR-500 Armor, these are people who care about the Constitution, they care about the Declaration, and they care about your Second Amendment rights and ability to protect yourself. Text BEN to 88027 to see all their promotions and special pricing running right now. You can use code BEN for 20% off anything in their entire store. Best of all, they put together some packages specifically for my listeners. So there's something for everyone at AR500Armor.com slash BEN. Again, text BEN to 88027 for 20% off your very first order. Alrighty, so, meanwhile, yeah, Kamala Harris waiting in the wings, which is not, if you thought that it was creepy when Joe Biden was whispering at you just a few moments ago, how creepy is it what was going on in the background of uh, this particular bipartisan photo? So, you got Joe Biden, you got Kristen Sinema. I, I, by the way, I just have to compliment Kristen Sinema's sense of style. Like, it actually is kind of fabulous. <laughs> I am not a, I am not a fashion, uh, a fashion reviewer, although I will say that uh, I found it very odd and still find it odd that Nancy Pelosi has a face mask to match every outfit. But Kristen Sinema really brings it. I mean, like, that, that's a pretty cool outfit. I kind of like that. Okay, so Kristen Sinema uh, shows up wearing, like, this, this red thing, and it's, it's cool, okay? And, and you've got this entire bipartisan group of senators, and then lurking in the background, there's something happening behind Mitt Romney's shoulder. There's a white pillar, and then behind that pillar, in front of the White House, someone is waiting. Someone is watching. My God. <laughs> oh, man. Ugh. Ain't that just a metaphor for what's happening in the country right now? Kamala Harris just waiting off to the side, waiting, waiting. Mm. Man, worst job in America, Joe Biden's food taster. Do not walk down a set of stairs with, uh, with Kamala Harris if you are Joe Biden. That is for damn sure. By the way, if you're Kamala Harris, you got to be pissed at this point, right? Because... Joe Biden has basically put you in charge of all the most popular parts of his agenda, unpopular parts of his agenda. So Joe Biden's like, you know, Kamala, why don't you like do the border thing? Uh, and we won't change any of our, our policies, but you're in charge now. And then she's like, <laughs> and um, she doesn't go down to, the, by, by the way, she is headed down to the border. All it took was Donald Trump saying he was headed to the border. And then she's rushing down to the border as fast as her feet can carry her. Feet don't fail her now. So, Good things happening over in the Biden-Harris administration. This is why, guys, if you're a Republicans, why are you providing them cover? Make them own it. First rule of politics, do not stop your opponents when they are making mistakes. But again, everyone in politics apparently is stupid. And meanwhile, the Democrats continue to double down on the Trump of it all. Because here is the thing. Without Trump, their policies become the issue in 2022 
2024. So we're going to continue to focus in on January 6th. Now, no one on the right was harsher on January 6th than I was. I thought it was a bunch of idiots and droogs for no, not only no reason, for counterproductive purposes, assaulting the center of our legislative branch, attempting to do active physical harm to legislators. I said all those people should be arrested and they should be prosecuted for having violated the law. Okay, if you committed a crime, you get arrested, you get prosecuted. I hold that standard, whether you are rioting and looting in Kenosha, Wisconsin, or whether you're doing it in the halls of Congress. Okay, but the notion that this is some sort of cataclysmic occurrence that requires a, a much deeper look at the heart of America. Mm-mm. Well, not by Congress. Nancy Pelosi, however, is launching a select committee. The reason that she's announcing the select committee is because what she hopes is that when you get to your 2022 ballot, you think of January 6th as opposed to all the crappy policy that the Democrats are pushing. They don't want you to be thinking about critical race theory. They don't want you to be thinking about their subjugation of the police and destruction of law and order in our cities. And they don't want you to be thinking about inflation. They don't want you to be thinking about slow job growth or your inability to hire workers or higher prices at the supermarket. They don't want you to be thinking about any of that. They want you to be thinking solely and completely about Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump is the worst person ever to walk the earth. So here's Nancy Pelosi announcing a select committee. Now, here's the thing. What do we have to find out in the select committee? Really, we already have a Senate committee that did a full investigation into the security failures. And that really is the story. Because it turns out there are lots of people all over the United States who in small groups believe unbelievably stupid and dangerous things. It's a country of 330 million people. In fact, it would be pretty difficult to find a single stupid, idiotic, insane cause for which you could not rally a couple of thousand people in the United States. Because again, 330 million people, it's a lot of people. With the internet, not hard for those people to get together. But the real goal here for the Democrats, of course, is to suggest that January 6th was a natural outgrowth of conservatism and right-wing thought. Now, there is a certain irony to the fact that the Democrats, who full-scale embrace Ibram X. Kendi and full-scale embrace Robin DiAngelo and full-scale embrace Kimberly Crenshaw, they say that critical race theory has nothing to do with the indoctrination into wokeness of your nation's school children, right? These are, these are distinct fields of thought. But January 6th is indicative of the entire right-wing mindset in the United States. That's the whole goal of this. The whole goal of this is just to carry out this investigation for as long as possible, try and lump everybody in with January 6th. I don't think it's going to work out for the Democrats. Really, I don't. But here's Nancy Pelosi announcing it anyway. This morning... With great solemnity and sadness, nope. uh, I'm announcing that the House will be establishing a uh, select committee on the January 6th insurrection. Again, January 6th was one of the darkest days in our nation's history. I've said it now three times. It is imperative that we establish the truth of that day and ensure that an attack of that kind cannot happen and that we root out the causes of it all. Okay, um, you know what one of the causes was? The fact that the Capitol Police weren't properly staffed up. Wait, who's in charge of the Capitol Police again? Who, who, mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, so in just one second, we'll get to what Nancy Pelosi is actually doing with the select committee, of course, which is to try and connect January 6th with a broader ideology. Because again, Democrats have to misdirect. It's all sleight of hand at this point. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let me tell you about like an amazing, amazing gift. So all over my house at this point, I have beautiful photos of my family created through my photo. Okay, myphoto.com is just fantastic. Here is how it works. You take special photos and then you just kind of leave them on your phone typically. How about instead of doing that, you go over to myphoto.com. It is awesome. It is easy to use. It takes two minutes to create a special product for your own wall or shelf and they make great gifts for your loved ones. My photo will print your image directly on acrylic, glass, metal, more. I mean, it like it makes a great birthday gift. My wife actually just did this for me for Father's Day. She just printed out a bunch of photos for my photo. We now have a photo wall of our kids and it's just gorgeous. It's beautiful. I love it. You need to go to myphoto.com and check it out right now. That is myphoto.com. You can order today. You'll get 20% off your order, which will arrive in just five days. Prices start at just 12 bucks. Use code Ben. Get 20% off today. It really is fantastic. These photos look just beautiful because again, they're in acrylic the ones that we have. And so they really, they take in the light and they really kind of shine. It's really just gorgeous stuff. Go to myphoto.com, check it out right now. Order today, you get 20% off your order. It'll arrive in just five days. Prices start at just 12 bucks. By the way, I know the founders of the company. Wonderful, wonderful people. Go check them out right now, myphoto.com and use code Ben to get 20% off today. Alrighty, before we go any further, we have an extremely interesting episode coming out of the Sunday special. I'm excited to share it with you. I'm joined by actor, author, host of the Under the Skin podcast, Russell Brand, who discuss everything from philosophy to politics to spirituality and his own tumultuous experience with addiction. It was a fantastic, fascinating conversation. Russell is an, a really intriguing and interesting guy. 
It's out this Sunday for your listening pleasure. Here is a sneak peek. I want us in this time of division and, and fragmentation and fracture to find ways of coming together in peace, coming together with peace. That's why I'm chatting to Candice Owens and chatting to you. I don't want to sit around chatting to people I agree with. I want to talk to people where there are areas of concern and discontent and, and downright disagreement and find ways that we can harmonize. See, these are really, I think, productive and interesting conversations. So I disagree with Russell on a lot of stuff politically. And we try to get sort of at the roots of that and why that is and and identify where we agree and disagree. I think you're going to love it. It really is fascinating. Go check it out this Sunday at dailywire.com or on my YouTube channel, Ben Shapiro. Daily Wire members get access to special bonus content from Sunday special episodes. Do not miss out. Join Daily Wire today. Also, if you enjoy your history uncensored, you need to make sure you are a Daily Wire member right now. Why? Because the Daily Wire is now streaming Created Equal. It's the story of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas and his journey from humble beginnings in the segregated South to the highest court in the land, which, by the way, is the second black American to ever do. The documentary is only available to Daily Wire members. If you want more stories that diverge from the accepted political narrative, go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Get 20% off your new membership with code justice. Now, here's the thing. We need your support for this kind of stuff because here documentaries like this one about Clarence Thomas, Amazon like disappeared it during Black History Month. They were like, you know what? It's just gone. Poof, it's gone. Well, we grabbed it up. In order for us to make that available to you, we need your support through your subscriptions. Justice Thomas is, in my view, one of the two greatest political thinkers in America. It's like Thomas Sowell and Justice Thomas, and those are the two. Created Equal is a wonderful documentary in which he speaks direct to camera about his own life. You can gain access. It's great for your kids to watch also because it really is about the American dream. Dailywire.com right now. Dailywire.com slash subscribe. And with code justice, you get 20% off your membership. We need your support and we really appreciate your support. Also, once you're a member, you get all of our great stuff, right? You get our talk show, Candace, featuring Candace Owens, or our first film, Run, Hide, Fight, or my new series, Debunked, where I debunk leftist myths in 15 minutes or less, which is a beautiful series. It looks great. You can get all of that and more on demand by going to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Check out with 20% off using code justice. Don't wait. Start streaming today. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Meanwhile, look, Nancy Pelosi, when she's pushing this Senate select, this House Select Committee, rather, on January 6th, we know what it's really all about, right? It's not about getting to the bottom of the security failures. It's not about actually trying to fix the problem. What it really is about is trying to pin the droogs of January 6th on everybody. And so we just end up with Mad Libs, like left-wing Mad Libs. So here is Nancy Pelosi trying to explain the origins of January 6th with reference to her favorite mush words. There are two actual... uh paths. One is about the root causes of it, the white supremacy, the anti-Semitism, the Islamophobia, all the rest of it that was so evident when you see a sweatshirt on one of the people saying Camp Auschwitz. The other is the security of the Capitol and what what it means to be ready for such an insurrection. It's about white supremacy and anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. Hey, there were people in the building who were anti-Semitic. She mentions one guy who's a white supremacist. I'm sure there were white supremacists in the building. January 6th, generally speaking, as far as I'm aware, has not been explicitly linked to, for example, Islamophobia. My last, the last I checked, what January 6th was about was people who thought that the election was fraudulent and wanted to stop the certification of the election. I'm pretty sure if you're looking for like the proximate cause, it is that, like ideologically. It's pretty specific. Okay, and, and there's plenty to indict people for on that score with regard to rhetoric. But you can't just stop there. Instead, it's all things. It's all the things. Because this is what Democrats do. You see, all of their opponents are the worst people in the world. It is not just that the people who invaded the Capitol building are bad people or did a bad thing. It is that everybody who's associated with a political cause that Nancy Pelosi doesn't like is in league with those people. Folks, what does everyone do when shopping online? Well, you jump to the reviews and you see what customers actually think. Well, Bull and Branch did the hard work for you. In a recent customer survey, 96% said Bull and Branch sheets get softer with every single wash. Bull and Branch sheets are made from the finest 100% organic cotton threads on planet Earth. Buttery to the touch, super breathable. Bull and Branch sheets are perfect for both cooler and warmer months. Their luxurious signature hem sheets were made without pesticides, formaldehyde, or other harsh chemicals. They really do get softer with every single wash. Best of all, Bull and Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial 
with free shipping, returns on all orders. You're not going to want to return them. We love our Bowling Branch product. In fact, when I'm on the road, I actually travel with their cable knit throw blanket. It is that good. Their product is just awesome. After a long day, nothing feels better than a restful night's sleep in the softest, most luxurious sheets. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bull and Branch. Get 15% off your very first order when you use code Ben at bullandbranch.com. That's Bull and Branch, spelled B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code Ben. Exclusions apply. See site for details, bullandbranch.com. And you can see Democrats do this all the time. So the most predictable move in American politics really was, and I I predicted it openly on November 6th and on January 20th. I said, as soon as it becomes clear that there's another Republican in the Republican Party who may win the 2024 nomination, if Trump doesn't run, or even if Trump does run and he just doesn't have the steam that he had in, in 2020 and many Republicans decide, you know, like the guy, but we want to move on. As soon as that happens, as soon as there appears to be any sort of heir apparent to the Republican nomination, that person will become worse than Hitler, i.e. worse than Trump, right? Most predictable move in American public life because it's happened every single time, right? George W. Bush was, I mean, he is even worse than Ronald Reagan, just the worst. I mean, just absolutely the worst. Remember the good old days of like George H.W. Bush? George W. so much worse than his dad and H.W. so much worse than Reagan and Reagan so much worse than Nixon. And then Donald Trump is so much worse than Bush in every way. He's worse than everyone. And now Donald Trump, literally Hitler, it turns out that Ron DeSantis is even worse than Donald Trump. And there are people who are skeptical of this. They're like, no, the left won't do this. I mean, they hate Donald Trump so much, probably. And here's the thing. Donald Trump used to make the point repeatedly, still does on occasion, that it's not that the left hates Donald Trump, hate you because you like Trump, right? No, it's that they hate Trump because Trump likes you, okay? They hate Trump because they hate you. And you can replace Trump with another figure and they will hate you just as much. Right? All they will do is they will start downplaying Trump in order to play up the idea that whoever succeeds inside the Republican Party is worse than Trump. They even did this in 2016, frankly. There were a bunch of people like Jonathan Chait who were like, oh, well, you know, Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz are way worse than Trump. Like, okay, guys, be careful what you wish for. So now you have Samantha Bee, who, honest to God, there was a running gun battle for like least funny comedian for a long time. And it's still going, right? Stephen Colbert is just not funny anymore. He hasn't been funny for years. He basically just exists as a Democratic prop. And you have Jimmy Kimmel, who again, used to be funny and is not anymore. You got Trevor Noah out there. But I think the person who easily takes the cake is Samantha Bee, who's not even trying at this point. There's a phenomenon in the comedy world that is now known as clapter, where instead of people laughing at your supposed jokes, they just clap because they agree with you, which normally we would just call like a political speech. How Samantha Bee's writers get paid to write for her is beyond me. I don't understand. I, 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 there are certain things in life I just don't understand. How Samantha Bee is a fully employed human and, and people find her entertaining, apparently, like a very small subset of the population uh, is, is beyond me. So she did an entire hit on Ron DeSantis. And of course, the premise of the hit was, wait for it, wait for it, worse than Trump. That wasn't the most predictable move ever because again, it's not about Trump. It's about you. They hate you. You like DeSantis. Therefore, DeSantis is bad. They hate you. If you like a company like Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A is bad. They hate you. It was never about Trump. It's not about DeSantis. It's about you. Samantha B disdains you. And if you like Ron DeSantis and you think he's a good governor, which by the way, he's an excellent governor. He's the best governor in the country. If you like Ron DeSantis and how he's handled Florida, it's because you are a bad person. Because Ron DeSantis is Hitler. He's even worse than Trump, according to Samantha B. DeSantis was also one of the first governors to attempt removing critical race theory from his state's education system. And last month, he signed a restrictive voting rights law that racially discriminates against black and Latino voters. Of course, DeSantis is doing whatever he can to pass racist laws. He's racist. He's accepted money from a rich tapestry of racists, refused to return their donations. And after President Biden dared to talk about systemic racism, DeSantis couldn't wait to share his own nuanced opinion. This proposition that we are a systemically racist country. Your reaction? Well, it's a bunch of horse manure. Ron DeSantis is so racist, he refers to separating his white laundry from his colors as segregation. Okay, that's the joke. Well, I'm, um, what now? I mean, somebody got paid to write that joke. Well, understand that she prov- she's provided no evidence that Ron DeSantis is actually racist. If you actually parse what she is saying there, at no point does she actually provide any hard evidence. These are just a bunch of scurrilous slurs. But that's not the point. The point is really not about DeSantis. The point is about you. Nancy Pelosi, the rest of the Democratic Party, they think that you're a bad person. They think that you're a bad person. And whoever you support becomes even worse than the person that you supported before. Because 
your party is moving in only one direction. So here's my question to the quote unquote moderates in the Republican Party who want to cut bipartisan deals with these folks. Why? Why not just let them own it? Just let them own it. Like, really, try to paint Ron DeSantis as, quote unquote, worse than Trump and see how that works out for you. Keep calling every Republican and every American who opposes critical race theory racist. See how that works out for you. It's a bold move, Cotton. And I very much look forward to seeing Democrats reap the whirlwind so long as Republicans stand out of the way and let them do it. All righty, folks, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. In the meantime, go check out The Andrew Clavin Show and conclude your week with something magical. Drew's show is every Friday. He's got an exciting evening planned for you. Head on over to dailywire.com at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Tune in. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover, and our assistant director is Pavel Wydowski. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant is Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Hey, everybody, this is Andrew Clavin, host of The Andrew Clavin Show. You know, some people are depressed because the republic is collapsing, the end of days is approaching, and the moon's turned to blood. But on The Andrew Clavin Show, that's where the fun just gets started. So come on over to The Andrew Clavin Show and laugh your way through the fall of the republic with me, Andrew Clavin. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 